The next phase in the supply chain problem? Too much of everything. For months, suppliers have been sold out for carrying limited stock. The result of shipping delays and demand overload. And all this just in time for Christmas. Last year, it was the Suez Canal. It was blocked as an enormous cargo ship got stuck blocking the canal for all cargo for six days. This year, it's a host of supply chain issues, like 160 cargo ships off the coast of California, more off the coast of British Columbia, too little of everything, leading many to hoard and many shops to run out of stock too quickly. As Christmas rolls around, people are worried. Some experts say that once all these shipping issues are resolved, We'll have too much of everything. As the holidays approach, let's remember the humble manger in Bethlehem. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for Christ. They will never hunger or thirst again. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this first Friday in November, we're in a series called The Living Nativity. All week, we've been listening to the echoes of Christ's story in the Old as well as the New Testaments. We looked at Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and the manger. And today, I want to listen to the echoes we hear on the streets of Bethlehem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep The silent stars go by Yet in thy dark street shineth The everlasting light The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The silky, smooth voice of Nat King Cole. What a rendition of O Little Town of Bethlehem. If you head south from Jerusalem, just about five and a half miles or nine kilometers, you'll run into a little town. It's a small town. Only about 30,000 people today call it home, even many less back in the time of Christ. But Bethlehem is one of the largest cities in the biblical story. It was known as the city of David. David and his family were famous in Bethlehem. David's family was not rich. They were not powerful. But once David was chosen by the Lord to become the king, his family immediately became royalty. Anyone who grew up in a small town knows what happens when someone makes it. Quotation marks around that phrase. French Lick, Indiana, was just a small town that no one knew until Larry Bird erupted onto the basketball scene in the 70s and 80s. And now it's just Larry's hometown. Well, this is what Bethlehem was like. A small town with little significance, but now it's David's city. But there's something even more significant. It's also the son of David's city. Jesus Christ was David's distant grandson, but his significance far outweighs anything David the king was able to do. And it all started 
in this little town of Bethlehem. So stay with me. Let's turn our eyes. Let's tune our hearts to the echoes of Bethlehem in the old, in the new, and in our lives today. All week, I've been telling you about the Manger Mission, which was created to help you and the kids around you think more about Jesus at Christmas time. We had a listener call us, though, yesterday, and they asked for more details. They just couldn't quite picture it. And I get that. It's hard to explain something as unique as the Manger Mission on a radio program. So let me see if I can paint a picture in your mind. First, it's an activity set that comes in a beautiful dark green box that looks like a board game could be inside. But inside, it contains a beautifully illustrated and creatively written storybook that will help you and your loved ones understand the wise men's journey to Christ. And yes, it even deals with the fact that the wise men showed up after the birth of Jesus. But it also contains a 12-piece wooden nativity set that's perfect for kids of all ages to play with. And finally, the actual activity. What do you do with it? Well, give the children the wise men. Tell them to put them as far away from the nativity set as they can in your house. And then read the story. Each day, they'll move the wise men closer to Jesus as you have opportunities to talk about Christ and the reason why Jesus was born. After this program, I want to give you an opportunity not just to support Haven Today by making a big-hearted gift to the ministry, but we want to send you a copy, a box set of the Manger Mission, as our thanks. Our number you can call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, click on the Manger Mission resource button, Watch the short video we have there that shows families playing with it. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And just as we are starting, a quick reminder that we still have the chosen TV show, Seasons 1 and 2, for your gift to the ministry as well. Now let's get started. We open with Scott Riggin. Their feet had walked the sand and stone until they reached the place. Where at the humble stable door they strained to see his face Now could this be the chosen one, this child in Mary's arms Who would have known, who would have dared to believe the king had come And when he came, truth took a name, That silent holy night But the core of all that I believe Is in that moment of time When the one and only Son of God Became the Son of Man And here within our space and time Unveiled the great I Am 
king, the prince of peace, revealed as one. It's a song simply called Bethlehem by Scott Reagan here on this Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me on a program called The Living Nativity. Mary was pregnant, but Mary and her husband Joseph needed to make the journey to Bethlehem for a census that was ordered by Caesar in Rome. So they traveled from the far north Galilee region down to Bethlehem. But as they approached Bethlehem, Mary started having contractions. It was starting to get close to the time. Now, I can't imagine riding on a donkey the panic that must have set in. Far from home, unsure where to go or what really to do, Mary and Joseph began looking for a place to deliver the child. Where would they go? Well, that's how the story is typically told. But that's not quite how it was. Mary and Joseph did not panic. They weren't in a rush to find a place. In fact, Mary and Joseph had deep connections in Bethlehem, and it made the perfect location to stay after they had come down from Nazareth. Dr. Kenneth Bailey, who for 40 years taught as a Middle East scholar, a Christian scholar in the Middle East, he can help us more than anyone else. My particular study of this text began some years ago with a question. I observed that in the Middle East, whenever a long-lost son, or even if the son isn't lost, when you return to the village of your traditional origins, it's a big party. You come back, maybe you're from some village in Palestine, let's say you immigrated to Brazil or to America, to Canada, When you come back, you're identified, they ring the church bells, there's a great big party. Oh, the son so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so is back, and there's a big party. And thereby, I know that Joseph, who is of the family of David, can go back to Bethlehem, and he can say, I am so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, 
the son of so-and-so, and every home in Bethlehem is open to him. He is not only from the village, but he is a part of the most famous family the village ever had. That family is the family of David, and it is such a famous family that the village is even called the city of David by some. It has its official name, Bethlehem, and it has this other title. Not only that, we know from the stories of the birth of Jesus that before Jesus is born, Mary visits Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is, quote, in the hill country of Judea. Now, that's the same place where Bethlehem is. And the hill country of Judea is not that big. If you come on a three days journey from Nazareth, it's only a, num a few more hours to any other place of the hill country of Judea. Now, if your wife is going to give birth and she has a few cousins and you can't find a place to stay, what are you going to do? You're going to go to your family. Not only do we know she has family, but we know that she is on good relations with that family and has recently visited them and they know Mary is going to give birth to a child. And so if poor Joseph needs some help, uh, help and a place to stay, he of course will go to them. They will expect to take her in and everything will be taken care of in an appropriate fashion. That was Kenneth Bailey sharing why Bethlehem was not a surprise location, but it was planned. Joseph was a son of David. In fact, he was royalty by Israeli standards of that day. He could have returned to Bethlehem and had so many open their doors to him. Mary had a cousin not too far away, Elizabeth. The story we typically hear about the birth of Christ makes it sound like these decisions were last minute, sudden. But when you listen to the text and the clues that we are given we see that Bethlehem was the perfect place for a son of David to welcome the son of David into this world. Bethlehem was small, but the prophecy in Micah 5.2 had to be fulfilled. But you, O Bethlehem, even though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who will rule over Israel. The promise of Christ was a promise given to Bethlehem. So when Joseph and Mary decided to stay in Bethlehem until the days her pregnancy were fulfilled, like Luke 2.6 tells us, they were making a statement of faith. We believe that our baby is the son of David, the promised Messiah. Before Joseph acted in faith by going to Egypt to save Jesus from the murderous hatred of King Herod, he acted in faith to take his family to Bethlehem as they awaited the arrival of the newborn king. We usually think of faith in only the big moments, persecution, or opportunities to share the gospel. We think of faith in times like those. What would you do? Are you ready? But sometimes we miss the fact that faith gets played out in the smaller moments, putting ourselves in the place where we can receive the Lord's promise. That's what Joseph and Mary were doing. They were positioning themselves to receive the Lord. And we can position ourselves to receive him too. Not on the rebirth of Jesus, but as we reflect on his coming and rejoice in the salvation that we have in him. That's what the promise was all about in the first place. The angel that appeared to Mary in Matthew 2 told her exactly what to name Jesus. 
name him Jesus. Why? Because he would save his people from their sin. That was the promise. Jesus didn't come simply to be born in Bethlehem as the long-awaited king of Israel. The fulfillment of the promise to David, he came to save, and that's what his name means. Bethlehem became the place of promise. That's what it is in the biblical story. It's the place where the Lord said, yes, I am with you. I will save you. Bethlehem was the place that this promise came into the world in the form of a newborn baby. The story of Christ led outside of Jerusalem, where he bled and died, but it began just outside of Jerusalem in the place of promise, where he came into this world to make his dwelling with us. The bread of life, as Jesus called himself, the true bread from heaven, came to us in Bethlehem, a name whose very meaning in Hebrew means house of bread. He sustains us just like the promise sustained them. They were looking ahead to his coming, and we can look back and rejoice. The city of David, a city of the king, became the place of promise where our true king entered this world, Bethlehem. Focusing on this city helps us remember that the Lord is not concerned about pomp and circumstance. The people of Bethlehem weren't the mightiest. They weren't the richest. They weren't the most influential. They were largely a forgotten people other than David's family. And yet the Lord chose this place to enter just as he chose a small and forgotten people in the far north of Israel to call family. He sees the unseen. He remembers the forgotten. He's a friend to the lowly. And as the holidays approach this year, there's nothing we need more than a friend, someone who sees us and someone who simply loves us, not for what we can do for him, but simply because he loves us. He wants to be with us, and by the Spirit working through his death and resurrection, we can be with him. We just need to believe his promise, I am with you always, and to put ourselves in position to receive his grace. He was not the one we thought would come. We were looking for a king, but he didn't come in glory. The author of the oceans and the sun Still he chose to be Written in our story So he could feel our flesh and blood And we could know his love No crown upon his head He came like us instead Emmanuel He meets you where you are He holds your heavy heart Our God is with us all
an interesting title, Christmas Eve in Bethlehem. That was Hannah Kerr and Emmanuel here on Haven Today. Can you believe we have just wrapped up five days of November? And that means Christmas is coming sooner than we think. And that's why we're talking about planning now for ways to make your Christmas Christ-centered this year. And the Manger Mission activity is a joyful and playful way to do that. Well, we asked the creators of this set and storybook to explain what it is and how it works. It's an activity and a tradition that my family did when my sister and I were younger that consists of children getting to kind of take the lead and be creative and take the wise men on an adventure through their home building up to Christmas Day and returning the wise men to the nativity as um, as the family celebrates the birth of Jesus. And so it is, like you said, a nativity set and a book. And my background is graphic design, so I was able to illustrate and design um, the nativity set. But the writing uh, was something I knew I would not be able to do. And so that's where Kristen came in. 
the book, it flashes back between present day with children actually doing the manger mission tradition and the original story of the wise men as they journey to Jesus. And it's broken up into the segments of the wise men's journey as children then take the wise men through their house. And Hannah actually did the illustrations where the journey of the wise men through scripture, all of those illustrations are in vibrant color. And then the journey through the house, the illustrations are mostly in black and white in present day. That's Hannah and Kristen from the Manger Mission talking about their unique and independently produced family tradition. Not only does it encourage children to be creative, it inspires an entire family to focus on Jesus. At Christmas time, we've been hearing from so many who are thankful that we can help them plan their Christmas around a Christ-centered activity. Some have even ordered three or four sets and had them shipped directly to families in their lives. Janet and I just got ours a couple days ago, and we really like it. In fact, we're sending a set to our grandkids ASAP. Please call us at 800 654 36 865 Haven. Or go watch that video on our website where families play with the Manger Mission. You can see how it works. And just click on the Manger Mission resource to find the video. And then you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And in case you forgot, we still have The Chosen Seasons 1 and 2 on DVD for your generous gift. Get a set for yourself to enjoy and get one to give away to someone this Christmas who needs to learn more about the Christ. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next week when on Monday again we get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. SAD, S-A-D, stands for Seasonal Affective Disorder, and if you live in the higher altitudes, you're more likely to be affected by it. As the winter sets in, your days get shorter, the nights get longer, and you get less sunlight. It's a medical phenomenon that results in extreme mood swings and often downright depression. I think there's a spiritual insight to be gleaned in this. Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in the same way, if you don't know Jesus or walk with him, by definition, you're walking in darkness. And if your heart resonates with that, what you're longing for is the light of the Son of God. Deepen your walk with Jesus with time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchored.com.